What's up, everyone? We're back with another secret project. This is Ars Arcanum. I'm Nora. What a weird tone you brought in. <laughs> <laughs> huh? It's, it's a weird working. book. It's fine. Yeah. Very what are we here book. to talk about? The Frugal Wizard's Handbook to Surviving Medieval England. What's that? It's a book written by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, under what auspices? <laughs> what? <laughs> His own? What do you mean? <laughs> What the fuck do you mean auspices? Uh, what was the Kickstarter connected to this book? Do you want to tell people... Okay. Well, in the last we... episode that just came out like two weeks ago... Yes. We explained this all. Yes, but just in case... This he... is the second of four books Brandon is publishing through the Kickstarter that happened last year. Mm. It's not in the Cosmere. Yes, yes. He has said, he said in the past... Um, if you... Just really quickly catching you up, if you really don't go here like this, the Cosmere is the shared universe under which most of Brandon Sanderson's books live. Most of Brandon Sanderson's adult books, or yes. YA books. Not his kids' books. Yes, not his not his kids' books, and not all of his adult or YA books. Most of them. With the exception of the Cytoverse. Yeah, and a couple other odds and ends. Licensed stuff. Um, Perfect State, or whatever it was you read. Sure. I'm going clo- to scoot a little closer to the microphone. I'm going to get a little cozy with my wife here um and just speak a little more closely to the mic anyway um it does have a connection to the i believe the alcatraz books but it is Is that what that is a hard canon connection okay the character of cecil g bagsworth the third who wrote the frugal wizard's guide to medieval england uh is a character that brandon and his friend i think dan wells created together like in college or something like that Hmm. and he's this interdimensional adventurer um and he's uh, that is a character that gets used by both of those authors um he's i think he might be the narrator of the alcatraz books which i'll never read because i'm not interested yeah i just kids books frankly i'm 27 years old and i don't need to read books for children there's there's a handful of children's books that i have already read that i think are very good and i might reread Mm -hmm. like the perdane oh yeah books yeah we plan on doing covering the perdane books in this podcast yes um and maybe those over there, more, next, right next to Brandon, to the left of Brandon. Those, I'd be those, interested in that. More yeah, information on on Prudane <laughs> stuff at the end of this episode. So, sure, just because just because I want to stay focused on this for right now. Um, anyway, that's the the context. This character has existed for decades. Um, Brandon had this title in his back pocket, but it was the Frugal Wizard's Guide to London. But that was like. 10, 15 years ago, or more, and he said it was to Harry Potter, so he stashed it, because he didn't want to go there. You read the you read the <clears throat> note at the end of this book? Yeah. Um, about where this book comes from? I appreciate you bringing all that, because I didn't know fucking any of that. I didn't know. That's all in the note that you just mentioned, but go on. Oh, okay. The, <laughs> thing, that, the thing that I remember from the note is him saying... Oh, yes. Yes, I do remember him saying the thing about it was uh, a little too Harry Potter. The main thing I remember him saying, because it really puts this book into focus, is that this is sort of a story that he was making up as he went along, telling himself... As he was going to sleep. Yeah, just like, he's going to sleep, some people count sheep, Brandon Sanderson is just like, and then this guy would, like, 
travel back to medieval England and he would do this and this and this. And... I do this with my own guys. I think yeah. with my own guys. Yeah. So. Do you do it to fall asleep? Sometimes. If I'm thinking about them a lot that night. I listen to podcasts about the Philadelphia 76ers like a normal person. Um, <laughs> I'm not normal. I'm very sick. Someone please help. <laughs> um, Shouldn't you be following a real team? What does that mean? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the, what's the team I said I wanted to, to root for next time? The Washington say? Wizards, who yeah. are not playing right now. <laughs> Their season ended because they're terrible. Well, everyone loves an underdog. Okay. Anyway. So, knowing that, knowing that he was just sort of like, I'm going to tell myself a little story for 15 minutes before bed. Um, just doing that every night really unlocks uh, why this book is a fucking mess <laughs> for me. Um, I gave this book three stars on Goodreads. Um, first of all, caveat, I don't really think or care about Goodreads reviews or <clears throat> ratings. When I give a book a rating on Goodreads, I spend approximately six seconds thinking about it. It's one round of combat. Even that is generous, honestly. This book? This book is a fucking mess. I gave this book three stars on Goodreads. I think if this was any other author, or frankly, if this was a Brandon Sanderson book, that I hadn't paid for in this Kickstarter. I don't I don't know that I would have finished this. I, I, I think it comes together in the end. Kind of. Kind of. But everything good about the last couple of chapters only comes up in the last couple of chapters. Yes. There doesn't... Ha it doesn't really have the, like, laced through beginning parts that come to mean something later that Brandon typically does. Yes. Um... You know, for all the, you know, we have talked on this podcast some about problems with Sanderson's pro style, in his words, of wanting to be a, like, you know, a window pane of just, like... <clears throat> I have no problem with that. I, I don't... I, sometimes it bothers me. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, this is one of the instances where I think it actually is to his advantage in a big way. Because in the in the last stretch of this book, the action picks up, the character moments work just well enough um, that even though I had zero investment in any of these characters before the climax of the book, like, he just writes it in just such a way that I'm like, oh, that was a cool moment. Oh, I did care about that guy, actually. I want this book to be longer and slower and actually build up the stuff that's cool about the ending. Uh-huh. Like what's the i think the coolest thing in the book is probably that the villain gets shot by uh one of these um anglo-saxon guys yes using an id tagged gun by having some having hacked off somebody's hand and using that to hold it and pull the trigger perhaps at this moment is good to uh <clears throat> pull back and summarize the book <laughs> Uh, what, that... you didn't understand you don't think that no context uh talking about anglo-saxons and guns is like so nora nora's given a spoiler um i'm gonna summarize the book and we will get fully into spoilers um i i, I don't there's no way that we can like talk about this book without just telling you the plot of the book on some level but also, i will that's not how we do this podcast 
I will try to make this super snappy because, once again, I think the book is a mess, and I think it will become clear as I'm doing a quick summary how it is a mess. Take another sip of my tea, Jesus. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Why did you take a screenshot of I was trying audacity. to mark that so I could cut my tea sipping, and I just hit the print screen button, <laughs> well, which is right to next to it. it. <laughs> now, now I have, have to keep, keep all it. this in. Now I have to keep all so this in. So that they can hear the very faint <laughs> So. Are you familiar with Isekai? I'm familiar with Isekai. Um, what's the name, main guy's name? Jack? John West. John West. was so memorable. Um... John West find, wakes up in a field, um, and he's lost all his memories, and he has sort of vague intuitions for a bunch of things. Like, oh, he finds himself in a dangerous situation, and he sneaks. And he's like, okay, I must have been a person who was in a dangerous situation and knew how to, like, sneak around or whatever. You know, he, like, starts to get, like, pieces of his memory back, and um, he uh, is in medieval england basically and he has this little book called the frugal wizard's handbook to surviving medieval england and we clarifies that there are many different versions of medieval england mm-hmm. because that's a big like basically thousand year gap is that right yes essentially uh, but this is not our medieval england mm-hmm. this is an alternate dimension that where it's History has progressed mostly the same, but delayed by a couple centuries to basically be similar to time travel, but without any of the nasty complications of time travel. Yeah. And there are infinite dimensions. Yes. And this, and this, and this frugal wizard's handbook that he has is basically this company... And and this part is revealed over the course of the book, um, but I think it'll it's best to just sort of front load it for the court purposes of a podcast. The thing is that the the company sells like travel packages for people to go to um, medieval Eng- medieval England mostly, right? Yeah, but they also just sell you the whole dimension. Yes, that is your domain to conquer. Or to, you know, do whatever you want in it. There's lots of jokes about, like, speedrunning curing the plague. Or speedrunning conquering Europe. Speedrunning, you know, uh, there's, it's mentioned that they do, like, a season of television where two players compete. And one of them, like, starts in East Europe and one of them starts in West Europe. And they're, like, trying to, like, start up a kingdom. This is, this is... Minor details. And in, minor details. If there is a there is a very brief aside where they're like, also, we don't do America, we don't do Africa. Yeah, because one of the things that what? is a sort of recurring concern, I will say, maybe, is like, is this colonialism? Am I a bad person for doing this? And and the answer always given in the book is a sort of cheeky like corporate speak of course it's not problematic you can't colonize england it's england or something it's like not that at all the argument that it makes it okay. talks about you can't take you know the ethical standards of our dimension into another dimension yes that's what it is and uh i don't think that 
It's true, and I don't think that actually holds any water on closer inspection than any at all. I don't think that's a premise that the book is arguing. I think Sanderson... So, the thing that Frugal Wizards, the in-fiction handbook that this character possesses, that book is arguing, like, you can do whatever you want, who fucking cares? And I think Sanderson is, you know, oh, that's such a, like corporate thing to say you know to not treat the people of the other dimension with humanity or something he he's it's a confusing thing because i think he is poking fun at like you know companies like sort of big upping themselves for being progressive or for um I don't know. We're so I'm so in the weeds on this right now, but it's hard. It's hard to untangle some I of this just, stuff. I guess the thing is, is that everybody from the real dimension in this book, real heavy air quotes, like seems just evil. Yes, even yes. the people who aren't engaged with this business. Yes, they're just all scumbags. Yes, and. I don't know what is trying to be said through that. Maybe nothing. It might be nothing. Might be it nothing. It might be meaningless that everybody from the most like modern dimension of humanity is a total scumbag except which is like 2095 no. something 2075? No, the copyright on the book is 2095 Nine to thirty nine ninety nine. Okay, so it must be thirty nine ninety nine or later in the main prime dimension. Okay, so it's because huh. it, they're way more advanced than, huh? Than that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, but Seattle is still there. <laughs> so the the plot the plot, um, John West wakes up in this field and um. There are people looking for him. He doesn't remember who he is. He sees those people and they're like, and he's like, oh my God, that's this mobster who wants me dead. Um, and he, the mobster doesn't find him, kills somebody in this village. John befriends the people of the village is like, hey, I'm going to help you. Like, I need to get those mafia guys. You want to go after those mafia guys because you want to avenge your dead. Um... I will help you out. He befriends those people. Um, and John, in in deciding to pursue this mafia guy, believes himself to be a police officer from... Seattle. From Seattle. Yes. But... <clears throat> Ol- Ol- Ulrich? Yes. Also st- stole a kid. <clears throat> thinking that it was the... Um, Little father, I guess. That's the word they use. Mm-hmm. The, like... I don't know what you would... Like, a duke, maybe? Yeah. So, whoever's in charge of this town, but answers to a king. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the term for that would be other than that. They, they say little father, and then refer to someone else as the high father. Anyway, the point is, that kid's sister is... What's her name? The the love interest. I, I genuinely don't remember this character's name. Sephwin? Sephwin? I think it's Sephwin. Okay. She's a scop. 
She's a scop. A the, bard, basically. Yeah, she's a bard. She um, tells... This is a, like, sort of magic that people can do in this dimension. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Where by telling boasts, telling stories uh, uh, of various kinds, produces magical effects in the world. By convincing whites, which are these, like, spirits. Yes. To W-I-G-H-T, I assume. We both listened to the audiobook, but... To do simple tasks, like mend a shoe or eat. Uh, uh, it, it, they'll leave out berries or whatever for the things to eat, and then um, they'll, like, do stuff for you. Uh, but she also just, like, tells stories and sings songs for people and, you know, carries on the legends of the gods. Um, which are the Norse gods, but with older names. But they go after... Uh, they Ulrich. Go, they go after Ulrich. It's it's John, Sephowen, and the guy. Eelston? Eelston. Uh, yes. Thane. Yes, is the Thane of Stenford. Thane is the word I was looking for. Yes. And Eelston <clears throat> is the guy who was in charge of that place. Mm-hmm. And he comes with them, and they go after the guy. Eventually, they run into Ryan Chu, who is, who, um, John, who co- goes by the name Runian. Yes. Which is a word meaning something similar to wizard in this setting. Yes. Um, and Runian, uh, thinks that Ryan Chu is his partner. Yes. As a cop. And then as they, uh, get further along their journey, he starts to realize, actually, I was never a cop. I wanted to be a cop, but I, I, like, failed out. Like, kicked me out. He flunks out of art school. He flunks out of cop school. And he becomes a prize fighter working for the mafia. Um, and and then eventually throws a big fight at the end and, um, like, loses out on that. Uh, yes. Like, career, basically. Yes. And the And then um, he becomes basically a door guard for the mob. Yes. And uh Sanderson says door guard a bunch because he clearly doesn't know what jobs someone might have in the mafia, so he just says door guard a bunch because apparently these mafia guys are always hanging around doors that need guards. Well there's probably the big guy inside. You have to bounce it. <laughs> um so <clears throat> We the the backstory that ends up getting filled in in the last moments of 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 that part of him filling in the gaps in his amnesia is basically that yeah he was disgraced like we said and um that he had decided well fuck it Ulrich owns like a hundred of these dimensions I'll just hop into one at random and um I'll uh just sort of kind of fuck off and no one will notice or care you know. He's got a dozen of these. He's got like a hundred of these, a million of these. I don't know. He's got a lot. What's he going to care about one? And, uh, you know, John accidentally hops into the one that... Um... <clears throat> so the other thing that gets filled in here, and you're like, wow, this is a lot of exposition, guys. And I'm like, yeah, this is a lot of exposition. Um, the thing that gets filled in here is that Ulrich uh, found out that this dimension is the one the only dimension where 
magic exists. Or something like magic. Or something like magic, because Ryan Chu is very like, magic doesn't exist. And we'll circle there back to Ryan Chu. quantum probability nexus fields Ooh. determined by human perception. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get back to Ryan Chu in a second. But basically, Ulrich has the scheme, because the, the way that the magic works in this world influences probability that can be taken over to the other dimension and so he has this plan to he buys lottery tickets in the real world and brings them here and fills them out right because incredible things happen more often here so he's more able to just win the lottery or you know predict the future he wins lots of bets this way and he's going to he's he's basically going to just become super powerful he's going to become biff from back to the future too and he's going to start paying his cronies and winning lottery tickets he's going to start paying politicians and winning lottery tickets because this will definitely not make anybody suspicious yeah this is nobody would ever just like stop holding the lottery because the same (laughs) 30 people keep winning Never. That would be stupid to start doing that. Anyway, um... But, uh, in the end, uh, John helps defend this city from a Viking attack, while Sephawin rebukes Woden, and, uh... (laughs) Who then kind of just, like, decides, yeah, I'm gonna keep the the Vikings. Those those are my guys now. Thus creating the Norse, uh... sort of mythological status quo that we are aware of today listener you may be wondering who's woden it's odin but but when did woden figure into this book and i also was like wait who the fuck is woden at the end of this because 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 the the book is whiplashing between a million things john believes he in three different pasts that he had at a certain point. Yeah, but the religion stuff was always super clear. Because it's yeah. talked about in the handbook and in when the when Sephawin like explains stuff. Yes. But that is one element of this book. The, John's whole story, his backstory, his current story, his goals, that is like one part of this book. And then there is also this other stuff about the magic and this world itself. And then there's uh, this other stuff about his relationship with Ryan, and there's this other his stuff. His dead girlfriend. His dead girlfriend, who ends up not actually being dead. So there's a big gunfight with Ulrich and Ryan, who, you know, his uh, friend who was the actual cop. Um, and and Ryan brings them in on this operation to stop uh, Ulrich and blah, blah, And it blah. turns out that... His, his dead girl, girlfriend. His dead girlfriend, Jen, had actually been cheating on him with Ryan since the second week of their relationship, which was years ago. And years also, and years ago. And also faked, faked her, her death faked to her go death. undercover. Yes. Oh. And then was like, eh, don't worry about it. Yeah, she's like, why are you mad at me about this? Why are you so mad at me? <laughs> uh, you, were, you were fun to have around. Some of the weirdest attitudes about women in this uh, uh, book, I feel like. Or maybe that's just a weird character to put into it. Um, I guess you could make the argument that a thing being expressed here is that the hyper-modern woman uh, is a super scumbag. Mm -hmm. And then the, like, 
<laughs> yeah. traditional yeah. Anglo-Saxon bard woman. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. The true is the true wife that that you deserve. Yeah, you know that bitch is a good homemaker. I mean, they're literally not because they <laughs> they have to stay moving every month or so. Not me. Uh, <laughs> Saying this book has weird attitudes towards women and then just being like, yeah, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um So this there's a lot of weird tone in this there's, book. There's there's a lot of moving parts. There are sci-fi elements of this book. There are like crime novel elements to this book. There are police novel elements to this book. It's an action scene. It's like a big blown up action scene it's- of like like in the 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 final confrontation where Ryan is leading um uh J- John and all these other people against Ulrich it's like then I did a little dodge roll and I got behind cover and I popped out and I missed him and then I got back behind cover and then I popped out again and bam 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 and no he, was he dead. actually just shows up and kills two people instantly yeah he does just do his little dodge roll and then kill pop pop <laughs> and then afterwards when he gets saved by Ilston he's uh-huh. like how did you manage to kill two guys with like cyberpunk augments with your axe and he's like they didn't have bows. Right, that's a, okay, so that's another thing, is that there's, so, it's medieval fantasy, it's isekai, it's amnesia, it's crime novel, it's police novel, it's action novel, it's fantasy novel, it's also sci-fi novel, because... Cyberpunk specifically. Cyberpunk novel specifically, because John and all the other people from the, the sort of modernish period have like nanites in their blood that enhance their like eyesight and give them like heads up displays and they also just have like you know um, subdermal plating yeah and like there's a whole big storyline because john's uh uh subdermal plating in his head was turned off and so head he, and chest head and chest and so he's like really vulnerable and etc cetera, etc cetera. but um <laughs> The 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 sickest thing in this I know I already said the sickest thing, uh-huh. but another really cool part is that he's in this fist fight with uh Quinn, who is the sort of right hand man of Ulrich's, mm-hmm. and Quinn is the person with whom he threw the match and lost his career as a prize fighter. And he's basically he's losing the fight because he doesn't have the same augments, they're not on equal footing. Um and he basically says oh wait this dimension has all sorts of weird probability stuff in it and you said (coughs) that you put a random number just string of random numbers as the password to unlock all my augments so what if i just do this and then he puts in a bunch of numbers and nothing happens it gives him an error message but then he just pretends that he has his augments back and starts like standing up straighter and trying to ignore all of his pain and, and then he, like, psychs them out and, and yeah. ends up winning the, the fight. And it's really cool. The, yeah. And the other thing that he says to himself in here is, um, I you know, when they wanted me to throw that match, why did they turn off all my uh, implants? Why did they take all that away? Oh, this guy knew that I was the better fighter the whole time or something. Yeah. And for me, I, I have two feelings here. I have three feelings. One, I feel like the way that we get here is a lot of rules lawyering. You know, of like, oh, you have to, I understood the magic system in just such a way that I did this stupid bullshit. 
two. But that, that doesn't work though. That's yeah, just part yeah. of his line. Yes, I do like I do like that it is just to psych them out. It's that what that part works for me. It's two, um, I feel the book has this weird thing where it is constantly putting John down and talking shit about him, but then actually he's the coolest guy ever. And it's like a weird. It doesn't strike. It doesn't strike the balance for me. And it's hard hard to put into words. Well, the thing is that having a hard reset all of his memories and being able to make choices without the momentum of failure, (coughs) um, without that hanging Mm -hmm. over him, allowed him to break free of that cycle and allowed him to better himself and better his own Mm -hmm. sort of self-worth. Right. So this is the last thing is that I have all these complaints. I feel like the the book is a mess and the ways that it gets to the, the place of John is so cool. I, I it it's really fucking stupid the way it gets there, but I'll be goddamned it works for me when it gets there. You know, like I thought I, that scene was sick. I wish this book was longer and slower, and I wish John had more of a Kaladin arc. Because yeah, Kaladin also has very low self image and sort of like works on that over time, but John just is in a three hundred page novel. And also, there's a lot going on in that novel. There's so there's just so much going on. This is such a short book, and so much shit happens. We didn't. The, the this other. would make for a great two hour movie, though. You could do a sick, sure like action yeah. movie out of this. Yeah, totally, this totally, great. totally. Other thing. Okay, to 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 further illustrate my point, there's a scene. That really doesn't work for me. <clears throat> so, okay. Uh, John Runian, Runian has been hitting on Sephwin for a while, um, and kind of, kind of. He's he's interested in her, and he's in this situation where when he first woke up and he didn't have his memories, he was just making up bullshit. And then he started lying because he thought lying would be easier than telling her the truth that he was this time traveler, sort of, you know. Um, And then he comes clean to her and she's like, this is the third story you've told me. Um, Every story you tell me gets more fantastical. Like, she just like kind of doesn't believe him and she's kind of pissed off with him. Um, Then he drives away some Vikings off the coast that were going to attack the first town in the story. And she starts seeing him as this, like, ascended being, this, like, elf, basically, from mythology. And then that, like, kind of ruins their friendship a little bit. And he has to try and, like, knock himself back down a few pegs so that she, like, goes back to seeing him as, like, on her level. Right. And the way that he does this, he decides to do this. He pisses off his friend Ryan. He, like, he, like... Says some really awful shit to he he, he says some he says some slightly out of pocket he, shit he says some stuff that's like obnoxious and like a faux pas but not like offensive yeah. yes yes he just, he's like he just he's said, rude he's rude and he lies about some very basic facts that don't really matter yes he's and like Ryan, oh yeah I'm the reason that Ryan wanted to be a cop in the first place ryan claps back with hey you dipshit motherfucker you fuck up you killed your girlfriend and blah 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 um and nobody likes you you're a drain on everyone you've ever met Uh uh-huh just gets ryan to say the most heinous shit back to him 
And then know? also, uh, Ilston and uh, Sephawin are like, these guys are your friends? Yes. That's the big thing is that uh, that comes out of this, is that uh, Ilston and Sephawin are like, that's your friend who said that to you? But the, the other thing that comes out of this is that then she's like, oh, he's not the coolest guy ever. He is just this boy I like. And we have like a cool little walk in the we're woods. We're both fuck ups. Yeah. We're we both, both have doubts about ourselves. Wow. He's so cool. I don't work. I, I don't think he's like, you know, he's just like me. Um, I'm going to hit on him now and we're going to start a family. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the case. I know. I know. But they, it's just... they have to keep moving or else his presence will kill the magic of the world. And and that was his plan. His plan was get myself demeaned in front of her so she'll think uh, that she can, like, be with me, <laughs> which is just such an insane <laughs> thing. But in it this works. Book, it, it's yeah. How how do you how do you fight hero worship like that? But and 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 the the thing for me though is the scene of them flirting. The way they get to it doesn't work for me. But the actual scene of them like flirting and their relationship, it's like oh this does work. Like somehow, like the thing flipped, and in the moment I was just like oh yeah this is actually working. I don't know. Um, this, the other outcome of this is that him and Ryan have a conversation, um, which that scene, that scene, I just have no weird hangups about. I'm like, oh, the two bros said something mean about each other and then they bonded afterward. That's my shit. I do love when bros be, uh, uh, but by the end of the book, like that. Yeah. By the end of the book, Ryan, yeah, he's not his bro. Yeah. I'm glad like, we were able to talk about this, but by the end of the book, like him and Ryan are not on speaking terms hardly. No, he just breaks the portal after Ryan leaves so that he can work on getting all of the influence from that dimension out of this one so that it doesn't kill all of the whites and the gods. It wasn't clear to me, does the does the other dimension have a way of getting back to this one still? No, it would be very improbable. Okay, okay. As long I thought as that was... beacon is destroyed... Um, he, there's a beacon that lets people know where, where to go. Otherwise you just have to guess and there's infinite dimensions. So there, that was one of, that was the only <laughs> thing that was unclear to me from the like magic system of this book is like, I couldn't tell, are the police going to just come back in a week? Like once we've built another one of these beacons or something, or was it, uh, no, now, now, uh, not with the portal gone. John is just Although, totally cut off from. Although, what's-her-name is potentially building mm-hmm. a new dimensional portal. Yeah, there's a there's a Marvel post-credits scene of... Um, <laughs> of the old lady in the in the adventuring party that we haven't mentioned, who's secretly a god, and Woden's brother, or sister. Sister. Uh, and she, like, has a laptop, and she's got the, the sum total of all human knowledge, circa $39.99, on this laptop, and she's just learning about technology because uh, she because like written word is her thing like she owns all written words or whatever mm-hmm. um so she knows she knows his password for his augments and she's like oh i might give him those someday oh right i forgot about that that's cute um but she, although it hurts her to use the technology <coughs> um she is potentially building another portal to mm-hmm. to what end who knows yeah. But, um, 
I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird book. It's a weird book. It's messy. It's messy. It doesn't really work for me. I think I'm going to think fondly on it a year from now. It's going to be one of those like, oh man, that looks really messy, but it's really something. I think I might go the other direction where when I look back on this book a year from now, I'll be like, man, he followed up Tress with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not as in love with Tress as you are. I really, Tress continues to get better and better in my memory. Tress is like, if I was going to make, if I was going to rank Cosmere books, Tress would do pretty well on there. You know, it's no Oathbringer, but it would do pretty well on that list. It's fine. Um, I don't, I'm not as in love with it as you are. I, I, also, this is just like, I think this is a little bit just my genre stuff. I like Princess Bride. You like, um... Yeah, what do I like? (laughs) Uh Dumb things that are bad. (laughs) Oh, I see. I see how it is. Uh, No, you like messy stuff. You like, um... Yeah. You like when people are mashing together sci-fi and fantasy in goofy ways. Yeah. Um, you like time travel, and this is like not quite time travel, but not not time travel in a way that I thought would hook you more than it hooked me. And... Subjective time travel. Yeah, totally. Um, Everything is a, just a slight bit different from the historical record. Other thing <clears throat> that we haven't really touched on is that um, we, we touched on it a little bit. You get cutaways to... The handbook, the travel guide um, to the the other dimension. And it's got like, it's got... Some of them are just jokes. Like, can I have a dimension full of talking bananas? And then the text just says, no. Yeah. And then you get the next chapter of the main book. And then like two or three chapters later, you get, okay, why can't I have a dimension (laughs) full of talking bananas? Yeah. Um, And there's... um, so so there's a couple things happening there. There's one, I think, like the sort of, I think, poking fun at corporate speak. I, I think that's the thing I was trying to get at earlier and couldn't quite get to, is that, like, it, I don't know that it's making a political statement about corporations. It's just, like, poking fun at, like, PR language, you know? Um, poking fun at... Um, yeah, P- PR would be would be the word for it. And there's all these like little FAQs and disclaimers and disclaimers within the disclaimers um, that Kate reading she does a really good job of reading them really fast. Like one reads the um, uh, like side effects on a medication ad really fast. You know, um, <clears throat> uh, it's a very like. I have not read any Terry Pratchett. I assume it is a Terry Pratchett sense of humor. It is immediately, it, it looks to me like a Douglas Adams type sense of humor. I associate those two in the same slot in my brain. Yes, yes. I, I don't think I'm un, uh, unwise to do so, although I've only sampled a very small piece of Terry Pratchett a very long time ago. Yes, I, I have read I have read Hitchhiker's Guide. Um and I would be willing to say this is just the Hitchhiker's Guide sense of humor. Um, but my guess is that this is probably a little more Pratchett and neither of us have any Pratchett knowledge to actually say with any certainty that that's how that is. Um, any final thoughts on the Wizards 
survival guide to surviving survival Europe? I m- genuinely, my hope is that this is my least favorite of these secret projects. I mean, books. yeah, sure. I I I don't think I care one way or the other about Tress versus Frugal Wizard. I care quite a bit about Tress. Frugal Wizard being dumb and messy gives it bonus points mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I don't know that I'm interested in any kind of follow up to it necessarily, mm-hmm. unless it's just a different story with the same framework of the dimensional travel stuff. Mm-hmm. That might be interesting, but like, I'm I'm done with with John. Yes, I'm okay leaving John behind. We've been dead naming in this whole podcast. He uses no Johnny is the only name he doesn't like because everyone true. calls him Johnny and he doesn't ever call himself Johnny. But when he said "call me Rooney" and everyone in the in this dimension just calls him Rooney, mm-hmm. and that's part of him realizing, oh, these people are shitty friends. Yeah, they just keep calling me Johnny. I've never asked them to call me Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's so, the book. So May, I, I think we mostly summarized that. Okay. Yeah. In May, we are going to talk about Mistborn. We are going to talk about all of Mistborn. We are just going to read Mistborn and talk about it. We are going to do away with chapter-by-chapter discussions on this podcast. Mostly. We will... We we might break up Stormlight books into... We're saying May. We don't know that for sure for Mistborn. I would really like it to be May. Yeah, but we have to work out some scheduling stuff. That's true. We do. To, to make that happen. Yes, that's true. Um, we have not confirmed that that is happening this month. Mm-hmm. Well, it's next month. So I'll, that's that's part of why I'm able to be so firm about it. Like, oh, that's a couple weeks ago. Hey, we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, I do have to put in the work, but eh, we'll figure it out. Um, so. But sooner than that. Sooner than that. We have other plans, so we're going to continue to talk about uh, Brandon Sanderson books in this feed for free, early access to patrons. <clears throat> um, um, we'll talk about Mistborn, then we'll do Mistborn Book 2, Mistborn Book 3, Secret Project 3, Secret Project 4, you know, keep rolling with that. And we'll figure out what that looks like when we hit stormlight it'll probably be a different situation we'll slow down a bit but we're not going to go chapter by chapter like i suggested doing acts because there's like five acts yeah that would make sense to me (coughs) regardless um the other thing we want to do and we're going to nail down how we're going to release this but we're going to start just talking about other fantasy books ideally once a month there is a little bit of a can we fit that into our workload my job job has been crazy not to mention that i have a lot of podcasts to do but ideally one other fantasy book by another not sanderson author once a month and i don't know if we're planning to do all of those exclusive to five dollar patrons or we might do first book in a series for free and then the rest of a series for five dollar patrons we need to talk about that a little more off mic regardless um we will be back soon to talk about the book of three 
by by Lloyd Alexander. That is the first in the Chronicles of the Prida- Chronicles of Prydain series. Um, perhaps most famous for the first and second books getting um, adapted by Disney as the Black Cauldron. The Black Cauldron is the same is the name of the second book in the series. And yeah, over the over the summer into it's five books. Um, we will just do that over the next couple months. Um, ideally, the the book of three episode will be out in April, but possibly May because we're just over the halfway point. They're of not April. long. They're short books, so yeah. Um, I also have some ideas for some Patreon content for this podcast as well. But yeah, if you're interested in fantasy stuff, you should listen to Pardon My Franchise. Because right now we're watching Shrek movies. And we just s- finished Highlander. We just finished Highlander. And pretty soon we'll be watching Conan. Yeah. It's not exclusively a fantasy podcast, but right now we're in sort of a fantasy mood. Yeah. We also get to, we got to do those Dungeons and Dragons bo- movies. Not until that new one is on streaming. Didn't you say it was May 5th? It's the end of May. Oh, okay. Well, so then we'll do one more season between. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but eventually we'll watch... Dungeons and Dragons, and then Dungeons and Dragons, the something else, and then Dungeons and Dragons, the Book of Vile Deeds, which is the third one that was just directed DVD, I think. And eventually we'll watch Honor Among Thieves, which I've heard nothing but good things about. I'm trying to find, you type in Dungeons and Dragons movie. Space 19. No, um, try 20. 200. Yeah, yeah this here we is go. The, this is the one. Here we go. It's just Dungeons and Dragons 2000. Uh, that'll be our next thing after Shrek. And then what's the second one? Um, Wrath of the Dragon God, and then, yeah, Book of the Vile Deeds. The Book of Vile Darkness. Oh, sorry. Book of Vile Deeds is the source book that I have on the shelf up there. Maybe they couldn't give it the same name. Mm, maybe. Um, but Wrath of the Dragon God has the third edition logo and the original 2000 movie does not mm. presumably because its production was in 1999 before third edition came out mm. i'm sure that doesn't matter but i have not heard anything good about these second and third movies um nora i'm leaning away from mike do you want to tell people where they can find you online Sure. You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. Find me on co-host at Ashworm, Ash with an E, Worm with a Y. You can find me on other podcasts like Journal Updated, where me and Molly play video games. This month we're playing Metal Gear Solid. You can find that at the thesecondbestgame.club. I, for one, hate when I'm kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And I hate when a guy shows up to rescue me from being kidnapped. Yeah. And then I immediately die of a heart attack. That would suck. That would suck. But I love to experience that as the other person doing the saving and then look at a nice ass. Yeah, I love to um, have a, a lovingly rendered cutscene of hips swaying that will at one point become gameplay critical that you remember the hips swaying. Well, because you can hit the first person mode and look at the different soldiers and you have to figure out which one is the woman. You can find me, right, I started coughing and I forgot I have to do my plugs. You can find me on Twitter, at autumnal underscore coffee. You can go to co-host, at autumnal, exportaud.io, takes you to the Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash exportaudio. We've got links there to the free feeds of the podcasts 
For a dollar a month, you get early access to a bunch of things like this podcast and many more. And for five dollars a month, you get Nora is slowly <laughs> taking the Xbox Three uh, Xbox controller out from under the couch. She is gonna play Skyrim on the damn <laughs> podcast if I don't. Do I have the remote? I know she has the remote. She's I have gonna boot up Skyrim on this very show, folks. No, I'm not. I'm just ready for when the podcast ends and I can go back and play Skyrim. <laughs> You've played so much Skyrim. I love you very much. Do we have a sign-off that we do? On Ars Arcanum? On Ars Arcanum? I don't remember one. Thanks, Brandon. I can come up with one if you give me two seconds. Thanks, Brandon. Oh, yeah. For the Sanderson ones, it's thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, I have another one in mind for when we read other books. Okay. Say the thing. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you.